your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Well, hi, everyone. It's Mark Stenson. Thanks for joining us on Unlocking Your World of Creativity. This is the podcast where we talk about creative thinking and we get experts' advice on how they develop and apply their own creative muscle and then how they make the connections and create the opportunities to get work out into the world. And today, I'm just so pleased to have as my guest, Sandy Rodriguez. Sandy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Mark. It's an honor to be here. I love your show. I find it addictive, really. Well, that's great. Well, it's a good kind of addiction, I hope. <laughs> addictive to me, at least. Yes. Well, Sandy is an author, and her new book is Choose to Prevail. And she also has more than 15 years of experience on the editorial team of a leading Latin American newspaper, The Reforma. And I think from the joy of writing and the joy of books and the joy of reading, I think a lot of creativity has blossomed out. I also was just telling Sandy, I follow her on Instagram and love that she's an author, an artist, and even an amateur winemaker. So all the creative people that have been on this program have a wide variety of interest. And Sandy, I'm just curious, what is so interesting to you about a number of creative pursuits? You don't just have one creative outlet. You have many, don't you? I think that's exactly the case, Mark. And I also find it very interesting that you say that that has been uh, a constant among your many guests. And it is true because one of the ways that creativity is developed, at least in my view, is by drawing from a range of experiences, a range of fields in order to create or generate something new. So I believe that people who are creative in general do that. They get interested in just a lot of things. They do a lot of things, many pursuits. It's uh, like a two-pronged situation because on the one hand, it's an outlet for a creative mind. And on the other hand, it's fuel for creativity in that the more fields you get interested in, the more, let's say, elements you have to use when creating something new when coming up with something entirely new or original. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I say the creative guests have had a variety of interests, I find that their titles have lots of commas and slashes and hyphens. You know, it's this hybrid and overlap of creativity. And I think that's what you're describing too. I think so. And I would uh, venture to say that it also describes you. You're also a person that has been involved in uh, the medical technology field and the branding field, obviously uh, media, uh, clearly, uh, as an author as well. And yes, definitely, definitely. That's something that is uh, the mark of a creative person, which is not allowing oneself to be pigeonholed or boxed into a specific category, but rather branching out into different fields. That's absolutely the case, I think. Yes. Yeah, well, very good. Well, tell us a little about the, the new book. The book is Choose to Prevail. And boy, that's, I mean, this word prevail often has a very strong and powerful connotation. But the fact that you see it as a choice beyond just the action, but you have to choose first. Tell us about that and how the book speaks to that. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you find that the title is impactful. I believe that it is, especially because the word prevail is just so fascinating in that it implies having... Uh, become victorious. It implies winning. It implies triumph. But it also implies overcoming something or having struggled with something previously. For instance, if you've always been winning, 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 you're not really prevailing necessarily because that would not imply 
be overcoming of a challenge. So in the case of choosing to prevail, it is really what I'm trying to invite the reader to do is to zone in on whatever it is that is causing them grief, whatever they're struggling with, whatever their challenges are, and just overcoming that, choosing to overcome that and finding the way out of that in order to become, say, uh, triumphant over that obstacle. So that was basically the, the intention behind the title. And as for the book itself, Mark, I think that uh, this is a, well, if I do say so myself, it's um, a different kind of motivational book than you might find uh, in general. Let me tell you why. Um, I've seen many reviewers and readers on Amazon and elsewhere describe the book not so much as a self-help book, but as the same experience as going out and having a cup of coffee with a friend or a glass mm -hmm. of wine with a friend. It's very conversational. It's not uh, in any way uh, a book written from the perspective of, I am this all-knowing entity and I have all the answers. No, it's more of a, a launching path for exploration, similar to what you would have after a talk with a very supportive friend. And after speaking with your supportive friend, which would be me, I want you to feel very confident, very bold, very, um, with your faith in the future, uh, stronger than before, with your sense of agency, um, also stronger than before. Uh, so that's something that, that I want the book to create, the experience of the book to be. And other readers have described the experience of the book as a hybrid, as a combination between um, self-help book, uh, a memoir, and a philosophy book all wrapped up into one. So uh, I found that like a very interesting and very flattering description. I'm glad that that is the way people are perceiving it. And uh, I'm just very happy with the way that has uh, been coming along, especially because I I really put my heart and soul into, into this project, Mark. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's interesting you talk about these hybrid thoughts. I, I liked in the book description that it can increase self-confidence while lowering this kind of stress, you know, and, and giving you a little bit of inner peace. How does the idea of building your confidence bring inner peace in your view? I think one, in a sense, gets the other. For instance, it's very hard to feel confident and feel bold if you're stressed out about something. Let me give you a very um, specific example. Many people, struggle with uh, public speaking. Now you do need a certain degree of self-confidence to go out in public and just share your ideas, but you really cannot do that until you're centered in a way. By which I mean, you need to feel like the world is not out to get you, any paranoid ideas. If you're feeling uh, more confident than usual, maybe you had a success or a triumph in some area, that gives you like a, a certain sense of faith in future things went well, maybe things will continue to go well. So I think they go hand in hand, Mark. It's very hard to feel completely conflicted, completely uncertain about the future and still feel super confident or the other way around. It's also, it's also difficult. I think it's very helpful to build one and that will help you develop the other. That's so good. And I guess from your own experience, Sandy, you know, thinking about throughout your career, when have you faced these kind of confidence challenges 
And what steps did you take to, in your words, prevail? Well, very specifically, um, I think that when people are very young, it's very easy to feel insecure about things, more so than in uh, as years go by. And when I was younger, I found it difficult to fit in with different groups or cliques or just um, uh, situations where I would have liked to fit in. This was partly marked because my family lived in many different places, uh, different countries, and also I myself uh, went to many different schools. And you know, when you're little, when you're uh, a child, a teenager, let's say middle schooler, of course, it's very difficult to, to, um, to be an individual. What you want most at that time is often to fit in, and that's something that I would have liked. However, it was very challenging for me because, well, maybe I spoke about things that they were unfamiliar with, or even my accent might have been odd in certain places or my choice of words, or even my viewpoints, because in many cases I was uh, an outsider. Mm -hmm. So I think that I carried that and left out mentality into my early adulthood, which was not uh, not at all um, an asset. That was terrible, Mark, because it kept me from uh, engaging in more social activities. It made public speaking a tremendous challenge. I was not comfortable with that at all. But then I was able to parlay these little shall we say, idiosyncrasies into a very successful career. And let me tell you why. I'm a little quirky too, so that's adding to to the fact that I was a bit of an outsider that might have made me unusual in many cases, a little bit outside of the norm. But when it came to journalism, all of these liabilities magically became assets because a person that has a large vocabulary uh, that comes from learning different languages, well, that's very valuable when you're writing, that's a fact. Additionally, a person that has an outsider point of view is very, very given to finding interesting story angles, so that's also uh, important as well. And certainly, a person that is quirky or has many interests or has been to many places or has traveled, that also lends itself to perspectives that are a little bit outside of the norm and... Media outlets look for that. Media outlets do not normally want to follow the herd. They want to stand out. And if they find a person that is a little bit different from the rest, well, that person might be very welcome in many uh, media outlets. So I was able to have a very successful career in media, even at a young age. And even today, when I've moved uh, a little bit away from that and into a different career path, I still write for different media outlets here in, in the U.S. and also in Mexico. And I believe that's something that has helped me, let's say, 90% of people are offering as well. So I think that I was able to turn something which is not necessarily good, which is being very different or quote-unquote weird into something that was favorable in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's always that, well, it's, I was going to say risk, but it's almost assured that we creative people, once we do get the work out there, it will be judged and we can be scared of that judgment. You even make a point in the book about how haters, and we always say haters going to hate, but how haters could actually be something that could be flattering. Why is it that that criticism can be turned inside out? tell you, Mark, I mean, right now, people have very, very short attention spans, we're all being pulled in a million directions. If we put something out there being a painting, an article, a speech, whatever it may be, 
quite honestly, it's very difficult to get it seen. Even if we're actually putting it front and center for the audiences to see, it will not necessarily be seen. Now, if it actually is seen, it will not necessarily be liked by all. Why? Because the only things that are liked by each and every viewer are things that are tremendously boring, tremendously uninteresting. I cannot imagine things that are not hated by anyone unless it's something extremely boring, say a piece of blank cardboard, a piece of dry toast. I mean, anything that is in any way intriguing will find a pushback from some. So if somebody says, hey, you know what, Mark, or you know what, Sandy, I didn't like this book, I didn't like this painting, I didn't like this article you wrote, I didn't like this thing. Well, I mean, that's too bad. I mean, not everybody can like everything. Nothing is liked by every single person, but at least it means that our project is being seen. We are being seen and we need to understand that even the best of books, the most beautiful of painters, everything has at least a few bad reviews. Why? Because not all members of the audience like the exact same things. And just like nothing can be... Um, liked by everyone. Everything is liked by someone. There is an audience out there for everything, no matter how obscure, how niche, how strange. There will be somebody who will value it, who will love it, who will become a big, big fan. And what I found, Mark, is that like or love or passion your work draws. For example, if something you create creates also a horde of rabid fans, I would venture to say that some people will flat out say, I really dislike that. I really don't like that at all. Whereas if the worst review you can get is, well, it was like, eh, not that great. The best review you will get is like, well, uh, it was not that bad. <laughs> well, folks, my guest is Sandy Rodriguez. Her book is Choose to Prevail. So Sandy, I'm curious now about the creative process and in, in writing and publishing the book. When did you decide that you really wanted to write this book and how did you approach it? from a creative process? Well, let me tell you, Mark, I was, uh, this began uh, as an idea probably a couple of years ago. The trigger was that many of my successful, attractive, well-to-do friends mentioned that they were feeling stressed out, underconfident, just having a bad time. And I was like, well, that really doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I look at them and I feel like they have it together. What's going on? So I thought, well, it's, uh, it might be that if they're going through difficulties, maybe a larger audience is going through difficulties as well. And I thought I would put together a book uh, which would include the very same things I would tell my personal friends, the very same suggestions that I would give my personal friends. Well, I had to create a book that had certain um, situations going on. For one thing, many of the people I know are not huge fans of reading, to be honest. In many cases, because they're just extremely busy people. Maybe they read for work, but they don't have a lot of time to engage in their pleasure. So I figured I need to make something for them and for readers similar to them that is easy to digest, that is uh, comfortable, easy to read, a quick read, that can simply be kept in your home after you complete reading it and just be referred to um, whenever you need to, but that it will, won't be a tremendous time commitment. So I decided to uh, limit myself to 100, 100 pages. That was my limit. I said, I will not go beyond 100 pages. 
So I set that as a boundary for myself with the intention of making this a book that can be read over the course of an afternoon. And that in turn, Mark, I think, created more space for creativity. And sometimes establishing a little bit of a boundary is helpful. Like for an artist saying, okay, I will only paint using um, greens or purples. Or as a journalist saying, I need to work certain degrees. Or uh, a children's book author may be a certain type of word. That kind of, of uh, limitation, self-imposed limitation, somehow can trigger creativity because you have to come up with an original way to, uh, to fit these limits that yourself are establishing for yourself. So that worked for me in regard to the book, knowing what I wanted to do, which was fit advice that will be helpful within a small amount of pages. Well, that was important too, because it would not allow me to be repetitive. It would not allow me to drive the same point home over mm -hmm. and over and over. That I was able to address a number of topics in a short amount of words. And when I say a number of topics, I really mean uh, a large amount of topics. For instance, I broach uh, things such as the death of a loved one, or how to make peace with your physical appearance, or how to regulate your own moods through art, or how to get more comfortable with public speaking, or even how I myself overcame a, a phobia. So it's a little bit of everything, small bite-sized chapters that you can read in, in a few minutes. And my intention is that after people are done reading it, you can just go back to the chapter that addresses that particular topic. Well, I love this approach that you're taking that it's like having a coffee with a friend. Uh, yeah, this very conversational style, for sure. And I guess the, the power of those words, I mean, imagine you were having coffee with one of these friends who is struggling to uh, rebrand themselves, restart in a new year, reinvent themselves. Where does that power of words and this creative approach help them? What would you say over that cup of coffee to a friend like that? saying, Sandy, I'm uh, struggling, I'm feeling terrible, I'm a loser, I would say, stop, stop, stop. Well, and there is a very specific reason for that. I firmly believe that whatever you say after the words I am, eventually does come uh, to pass. It eventually does become true. And there are many schools of thought that uh, agree with that. There are uh, religious reasons, philosophical reasons, uh, psychological reasons that all point to the fact that you should think carefully about whatever it is that you're saying after I am. Let's say that my friend were, um, let's say, switching careers or thinking of switching careers. If they keep saying, I'm stuck in a rut, I am uh, always going to be uh, in this field, I am bored to death, that's no good, no good mark. I think it would be better to start the conversation by saying, I am expansive, I am always moving into new and interesting things, I am a person with a wide range of interests, and even going as far as to saying, I am very successful in whatever new venture I embark upon, and just try to get into a better frame of mind. That's, that's step number one. Step number two is understanding that it doesn't matter what your age is or how long you have been in a specific situation, it can be changed and it can be changed overnight. Now, I think I'm an example of that. I was an editorial coordinator and an editor for my newspaper for over 15 years. I loved it. I did not dislike it. I did not dislike it at all. I, I enjoyed it. I was very passionate about my work. 
but I had uh, my own reasons for choosing to move away from that. And it was quite a risk. It was a very risk mark because it was uh, something that I did in midlife. I quit a very successful uh, job and a very successful career to move to a new country and look for a new field and basically start over from scratch. And I was able to do it. And while I'm not necessarily a, a special magic person, so I believe that if I can do it, my friend can do it, our listeners can do it, anybody can do it. It's all a matter of taking um, that bold step, knowing that it can be done. And in, in certain cases, not going... Um, you know, not jumping in, you know, with your eyes closed, you do need to know what you're getting into, but you still need to do it in a bold and confident manner. That's so good. And this word choice keeps coming back, doesn't it? That you choose to make that step, you choose to make that next move. Exactly, exactly. Because that's the thing. I mean, things don't happen magically. They don't happen unless you want them to happen. People do have more of a sense of agency or more of a sense of control over their lives than we are led to believe. Certainly today's climate might be uncertain, but regardless of circumstances, we have power ourselves. Not to say that there are no outside forces. I mean, certainly circumstances do have some degree of impact, but even within the most challenging of circumstances, we can still make many, many choices that will still have a, a huge impact on the way our life unfolds, our career unfolds, and just in general, our well-being and our um, and our sense of confidence as well. Well, Sandy, what a great conversation. Where can folks find you to follow your work and, of course, find the book? Thank you so much. Well, let me tell you, if you want the book, that's available pretty much anywhere. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com. Target.com, smaller booksellers, it's quite easy to find. But if anybody wants to delve a little bit deeper into um, what the book is about, let me tell you, um, I had to have a virtual book launch rather than a regular one due to COVID. And it was televised. And it is currently available to stream on a streaming platform in case anybody cares to take a look. Um, that is on www.heartofhollywoodcinema.com. That is a new streaming platform and people will be able to watch the book launch there, which ended up being super fun because it included cocktail recipes. It included original rock music that was inspired by the book, if you can believe that. It included international guests. It was just a super fun activity. And uh, I think your listeners, especially if they're creative people, will enjoy that. We will have people from all walks of life. We have an actor, he will be there. We will have uh, a media personality, a mixologist, even a financial expert who is talking about a very unique and creative uh, project that he's working on. So it's something very out of the ordinary for a book launch. And I hope your listeners will enjoy. Well, it sounds like something great to watch. And, and you're right, that took a little extra creativity to launch a book in this era, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that your listeners will be quite surprised to see uh, what we came up with because it was really something out of the ordinary. I've seen a few book launches uh, during COVID. Not to say that there's anything wrong with this because of course we're all very limited, but most were basically just a person at their coffee table, uh, you know, reading from the book. 
and we tried to do something a little bit more um, attention grabbing. So we, we went a little bit, uh, you know, the extra mile. And I think people appreciated that. In fact, the music was a, a big deal here because it was composed by um, two um, people that were actually inspired by the book. So that was quite unique. Their names are Eva Garcia Luna and Roberto Tejada. And in fact, if any of your listeners cares to, uh, to have me send them over a file of the Choose to Prevail music, I would love to. All they need to do is drop me an email at sandyrs, that is Sandy R as in Rose, S as in Sam, sandyrs at gmail.com. Uh, let me know that they listen to your show and I'll be happy to send them a file with the Choose to Prevail music which is fantastically confidence boosting. I must say it's like a intense, upbeat, uh, heart pounding rock, uh, rock instrumental piece. And it's fantastic to try, you know, to pump yourself up before a meeting, a big date, you know, it's, it's, it's a yeah. cool song. Sounds like it's something we ought to add to our playlist. <laughs> Get the heart pumping. That's right. Well, Sandy, what other uh, creative, pro what's next for you? What else are you working on these days? I know you have your hands in a lot of areas. Oh, absolutely. Well, one thing that I'm doing right now, Mark, is that I'm painting and also I'm making wine. So those are two, two creative pursuits. As to painting, I got into that recently. I've been drawing uh, for many years, but painting specifically, that's newer. And uh, I plan to have at some point an online exhibition still, uh, you know, doing virtual events because, again, now that galleries are for the most part closed, we still want to move forward with, with, uh, with that. So I might be doing an art show either jointly with my mom, who is a more established artist, or jointly with uh, a friend of mine, Giovanna Salas, another Quite, uh, she's actually a very accomplished Latino painter, so we might be doing that as well. And as to winemaking, that's something that I do as an amateur. I don't have any plans to go professional right now, Mark. But I've been, uh, I recently won a bronze medal for uh, a Zinfandel that I made with a winemaking partner recently. And now I'm doing something interesting on my own, which is using traditional winemaking techniques in order to make wine out of other types of fruit juices, be they apple, cranberry, cherry, and such. So it's it's just an interesting thing. Yeah, sounds fun and sounds delicious. <laughs> Very good. Well, folks, my guest has been Sandy Rodriguez. She's the author of a new book called Choose to Prevail. Just so great to talk to you, Sandy. Yeah, your creative energy. And I know that people will love to read the book and get some ideas and advice as they were having coffee with you. Thank you so much, Mark. Yes, it will be just like having a cup of coffee with them or maybe a glass of... Yeah, a glass of your new wine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for coming by. We've been unlocking your world of creativity and our guest today, Sandy Rodriguez. I mean, not only as an author of a book, but also based on her career on the editorial team of a leading Latin American newspaper, also now doing a lot of other creative ventures. E even her own, call them hobbies of painting and uh, winemaking, but she's using that to fuel her own creative spirit and her own creative pursuits. And I think we can all learn a lesson from that. So come back again for our next episode. We'll talk to another expert from somewhere around the world where we gain ideas about our own inspirational thinking 
We get ideas and tools and techniques and methods to organize those thoughts. And then we gain the confidence and the connections to get our creative work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud. Adobe Creative Cloud gives you the world's best creative app and services. The Adobe Creative Cloud gives you the world's best creative apps and services so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. The Adobe Creative Cloud is a collection of 20-plus desktop and mobile apps and services for photography, design, video, UX, and more. Join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud. We use Adobe Creative Cloud to help make this podcast using Adobe Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and many more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better together.